Hi, I'm Danielle. And I'm Haley. And you're listening to Mickey with Minis. We're giving you real-life advice for exploring Walt Disney World with Littles in tow from two sisters who've done it and lived to tell the tale. You can make sure you don't miss a minute of Disney fun by subscribing to the podcast wherever you like to listen to them or by following Mickey with Minis on social media. Would appreciate a like or a review if you're so inclined. And if anything you hear inspires you to start dreaming about your own Disney adventure, you can also support the show by using me, Danielle, as your travel advisor. Just reach out to us at mickeywithminis at gmail.com so you can get planning. But for now, get your ears on, buckle that park bag, and double knot those sneakers because we're off to the parks. Hi, folks. Thanks so much for listening. This is episode 16 of Mickey with Minis, and I'm so glad you're here. It's just me, Danielle, this week. Uh, If you listened to episode 14, you heard Haley's pre-trip report for her big Massachusetts to Ohio to Orlando to Ohio to Massachusetts adventure. Uh, She just got back the other night, and she's still recovering. So hopefully next week we'll have her post-trip report. Um, I've got a little bit of a cold, so pardon my voice. It's been one of those summers. Uh, But since it's just me, I thought we could talk about something that's applicable to me, but not to Haley. Uh, We're going to call this one, So You Married a Non-Disney Fan. Not a hater necessarily, but just like a non-fan. This one's for you folks who have a spouse whose enthusiasm for the parks doesn't quite match yours. And it's just some of the ways that we've worked this out in my own marriage. Because friends... It's true. I married a non-Disney fan. My husband, Jonathan, is absolutely the best. He's like super supportive of trips that I want to plan and of my business as a travel advisor, but it is just not his thing. Um, Some background. When we started dating in like 2007, John had never been to Disney World. Um, His family didn't like travel a whole bunch outside of trips to upstate New York to visit extended family and then, you know, here's like me fully obsessed, like ordering those old planning Disney DVDs in the mail and then like weeping openly while I watch them on the couch like a total psychopath. Um, I took a couple of family trips without him when we were in the early days of dating, but I never managed to convince him to join. And then we hit a bit of a hiccup in our life. Um, We had been engaged for a few months and we were planning kind of like a dream New England wedding. Like we're talking like big white farmhouse on a mountainside in like full foliage, spiked cider for everyone during the ceremony, fall colors everywhere, comfort food, the whole shebang. But we ran into some personal problems that I won't share too much about here, but it was just one of those moments where you kind of have to like stop and just deal with the issues and take a breath. So we called off the dream wedding and agreed to just kind of focus on what life was throwing at us in that moment. Um, It was a super difficult decision. We had already sent the save the dates out. So it was also like a little embarrassing. But after the initial disappointment, I was really like pretty at peace with what we were doing, just like taking a breath and putting anything wedding related aside for that time. 
But I knew the week that we were supposed to get married was going to be really hard. And I didn't want to like mope or stomp around our apartment the day I thought would be getting married. So we took the money that we had put aside for the wedding and we booked a big Disney trip for the week the wedding was supposed to be. And this is my first tip for you. So I knew Disney wasn't going to be John's favorite. He doesn't like crowds. He likes to really relax on vacation and take it slow. He doesn't really like like super commercial stuff, but he does like food and drinks. So I decided to like just absolutely optimize that vacation and just knock it out of the park so he could see how amazing a Disney trip could be, even for adults. And for this trip, that meant like some special add-ons, including the deluxe dining plan, which isn't offered currently, but it gave you like, I want to say two sit-down meals per day, one quick service, two snacks. And then I think we had like a wine add-on or something because I know we drank way more wine than we normally would. We ate like Kings and it just built in some time for us to stop and slow down, which I knew he really needed. So if you're planning a trip with a spouse you suspect isn't going to be that into it, I would recommend like trying to find the hook, right? So maybe they don't like the parks, but they like golf and you do like a golf day or two. Maybe they really like laying by the pool and you make sure you have some rest days built in or breaks at the pool midday. Maybe they're into like spa kind of stuff and you book a massage or a facial or maybe they're into animals and you do like the behind the scenes tour at Animal Kingdom. I really think Disney has something for literally anyone. You just have to kind of find the way to connect someone to the place. So that's tip number one. All right. Fast forward a few years. Spoiler alert. We did eventually get married. For like half a second, I thought maybe we'd do a Disney honeymoon, but we were honestly so fried from planning the wedding that we opted for an all-inclusive beach vacation instead, which is really not like us, but we just needed the R&R after the whole wedding chaos. Um, Side note, if you're interested in all-inclusive, I can book those as well. And then we had kids. So we brought Ella to Disney for the first time when she was four. It was kind of my mom's present to her for her fourth birthday. And that unlocked a whole new side of Disney for John because he got to see it through a kid's eyes. I think um, not having built those Disney memories with his family when he was younger, it's like kind of hard to really understand the magic. But seeing your preschooler experience it just like changes everything. He saw how excited she was when we told her we were going, um, how into the planning she got. We watched all kinds of uh, ride throughs on YouTube, which is really fun. Um, He saw the look on her face when she saw the castle or met Elsa or did Bippity Boppity Boutique. So that's another recommendation for you. I try to focus on the memories we're making rather than like wearing him down with a whole bunch of the planning details that I love so much. And speaking of the planning details, I realized pretty quickly that all these logistics that are like so fun for me are actually super stressful to John. Like he doesn't know the lingo. He doesn't want to have to map out every second of his vacation. So another thing I'd recommend is sort of gauging the right level of detail for your non-Disney person. Um, I'd tell him about 
kind of like the guidepost stuff. Like, okay, we're going to do two park days, then a rest day, then two park days. And if there's like a specific restaurant or experience he wants to try, when that's all booked, I tell him. But for the most part, he enjoys it a lot more if he kind of has like the shape of the trip in his head, but not every single detail. Um, I should mention, I guess, that this works great for us because I love the finicky little trip details. But if you're a Disney fan who doesn't, and your spouse is also not into Disney, so they're not going to be into the details, you are a prime candidate for working with a travel advisor. We actually like this stuff, and then you don't have to do it all on your own. Um, so I mentioned that John isn't really into like commercialized kind of stuff, and the spending at Disney stresses him out like a lot. And to a certain extent, there's like no avoiding that entirely. Like One thing I have found really helps is if we buy Disney gift cards in advance, um, I'd grab like a $100 gift card every time I went to Target with my 5% off red card, debit card. You can register them all online and combine them in amounts, I think up to $1,000. And then when you're out and about in the parks and every kid needs a souvenir and you're buying snacks and drinks and someone forgot their sweatshirt, you have to buy one of those. If you have gift cards, you're not reaching for your credit card every time and you're not going to have to like face a million charges when you get home. It's not like it's not money, but it kind of doesn't feel like money. It takes some of the stress off for sure. Another thing I think can help a lot, although this is something I wish that we could be better about, is is alternating trips. So like your non-fan might start to resent Disney if that's like the only travel you do. We actually haven't been traveling as much as I'd like just because of like finances and the logistics of three kids who are all in activities and like COVID, et cetera. Um, and we just happened to have a couple of Disney opportunities come up in the last couple of years. So it's been a few Disney trips in a row. We do try to fit in camping over the summer. So that's something. But in the future, I really want to try to trade off. So maybe one trip is Disney and then the next trip is something more up John's Alley. Like I think our next family adventure will probably be Iceland. We don't have a date set yet or anything, but that's something we're kind of pondering. And then, you know, I'm going to want to be headed straight back to the parks, but that at least we've gotten our our non-Disney fix in as well. Uh, one last recommendation for you, your non-Disney fan doesn't always have to come with you. This kind of reminds me of when we were new parents and Ella went through a stretch where she was awake literally every 45 minutes all night, every night for about six months. We were basically dying. And we had been so determined that we weren't going to start sleeping separately. Like maybe it was some kind of bad sign about our marriage or something. But a couple months into this awful routine, we finally cried uncle and started switching off sleeping in our spare room. So we'd do two nights on with Ella and two nights off. And it was a game changer that we both say we should have started doing like way sooner. And I kind of feel the same way about Disney trips. I don't want to go without John all the time, but I definitely want to go more often than he does. And sometimes the best way for us to manage that is to divide and conquer. I can definitely see some girls only trips in my future with me and my daughters, and maybe like a mom we're friends with and her daughters. And of course, I will go to Disney with Haley literally anytime she lets me mooch off her DVC points. So that's kind of how I've brought John around to the Disney side of things. It's still like not his favorite. There are lots of other trips he'd like to take, but he definitely sees the value of it and enjoys it and understands, I think, better now why it means so much to me, especially with regard to the kids. So I hope this helps if you're married to someone who doesn't live love Disney quite as much as you do. Um, 
Thank you again for listening. We really appreciate the support. And your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts really help get the word out about the show. So keep them coming. Speaking of which, I do have one five-star review to read you this week. This one is from Nika393. And she says, fantastical. Love the show. Short and sweet and very much appreciated. So pop on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We'll read it on the air. We'll be back next week, hopefully, with Haley's uh, post-trip report. But for now, see you real soon. (laughs) 